0: But the problem with the Qur'an is there are so many other claims in the Qur'an that are totally false. For example, in the Qur'an, Muhammad says that Jesus was not crucified. It only appeared to them that he was crucified. So if there's no cross, they don't have to explain the resurrection.
1: Have you ever compared the tenets of the Christian faith with other systems of belief? It's a good way to nail down what you think and what your frame of reference for life really is. Stay with us and find out why the Christian faith makes sense. Today, on Just Thinking, with author and apologist, Ravi Zacharias.
0: I believe the writings in the Old Testament can point a Jew to faith in Christ. Can the writings in the Quran about Jesus point to the Muslim towards a life faith? And that's a fabulous question. Let me be careful on how I answer this. There are two or three things you can do with the Quran to point to Jesus Christ. For example, there are some things the Quran says about Jesus that are true. It tells us that he was virgin born. It doesn't give that privilege to Muhammad himself. Jesus is the lone virgin born being. Testified to in the Old and the New Testaments and then of course in the Quran He is described as being born of a virgin a remarkable attestation Number two it also he's referred to as Kalamut Allah which literally means the word of God Now the Muslim who argues with you will try to say well it actually means a word of God And even if you don't want to push it the fact of the matter is Even Muhammad is not given that category of one who is described as a word of God or the word of God Then Jesus is described in the Quran as Ruh Allah, which literally means the Spirit of God three fascinating discussions of Jesus Christ in the Quran where he is described as being virgin born, as the word of God and as the spirit of God. But the problem with the Quran is once you start surrendering to its authority there are so many other claims in the Quran that are totally false. For example in the Quran, Muhammad says that Jesus was not crucified it only appeared to them that he was crucified. They actually believe that Judas Iscariot was brought and put up on the cross and made to look like Jesus Jesus himself escaped. So if there's no cross, they don't have to explain the resurrection because they say he never died. He didn't need to uh, be be resurrected. Although in the Quran, by the way, it does tell us that Jesus had the power to raise from the dead, which again, it does not give any uh, such credential to Muhammad. But having said that, be very careful when you get into an argument with a Muslim because a Muslim is determined to dig his or her heels in. They will find a way to escape out of Everything that you try to say to them. I remember talking to the number three man in this Islamic world, the chief mullah in Jerusalem. And he's the number three the first one is the one from Mecca second from Medina the third one the grand the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem I was in his home he gave me an hour's personal interview it was one of the tensest one hours I have ever had with any human being and he began to get absolutely irate with me when I said to him your Quran actually says that there is no compulsion in religion he said that is correct and I gave him the verse and the surah and so on he agreed I said so are you you telling me that a Muslim under you should be free to convert from Islam to Christianity. He said, why do you say that? I said, if there is no compulsion in religion, then there should be freedom to disbelieve it as well as to believe it. And you should have seen, I mean, you'd think it put flames on his shoulders. He was just absolutely angry. I said, you're fooling with words. You're telling me there's no compulsion. And the next thing you tell me is that if there is such a person who wants to disbelieve, you want their necks for it. I said, you're playing with words. There is compulsion in your faith. Islam is not the fastest growing religion in the world. It is the fastest growing enforced religion in the world. If you take the foot off the necks of the people in Iran and some of these other countries, tens of thousands of young so-called Muslim men and women will make their turn to Christ. I can put that down in writing for you. I've seen it. I've heard it. They will tell you to your face, very quietly, I don't want to believe this anymore, but I will not have any freedom to live any longer if I renounce my faith in Islam. In Malaysia today, if you convert from Islam to Christianity, you have to go before a tribunal to explain it. And they are all Muslim judges sitting in front of you. If you convert from Christianity to Islam, no tribunal to stand before, you just make the change. So what about, how do you deal then with a young Muslim? I think you answer his questions. Keep upholding Jesus Christ. Answer the questions on the Trinity, on the divinity of Christ, on the Sonship of Christ. And the two most important things, love them. Love them with a genuine love. I can challenge you to go to almost any Muslim who has come to know Christ and ask them how. They'll give you one of two answers. The love of a fellow Christian who came to me and talked to me in the workplace or whatever. Or I had a dream about Jesus and he revealed himself to me. Jesus is using their worldview with which to speak to them. I think a lot is happening in that part of the world, and it is remarkable to see how God is moving. Let me just end with this comment. You will find that in answers to questions, the biggest danger is to get so cerebral that you forget the source of the answers. Sometimes a relationship with Christ is far greater than any cerebral answer you can give to a particular question. The transformation that the Holy Spirit brings in a heart is much more powerful than any argument a Christian apologist can give. I always remind my team that apologetics is the seasoning. The gospel is the main course. You do not want too much of seasoning or it will make the main course insipid. Support the argument justifiably, but it is Christ that you need to lift up. And it is the Holy Spirit that brings about a change within the human heart. And in the sermon, it is the Spirit and the Word that come together to bring conviction. An argument may remove the doubt. It is only the Holy Spirit who can convict of truth.
1: Even after a tough intellectual workout like we've just experienced, it's always good to remember that life at its best is not a jaunt through a maze of different philosophies. It's a journey that requires, above all, a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. As Robbie just said a minute ago, the gospel is the main course, no matter where you are on your journey. We're glad you tuned in today for a taste of truth on just thinking with Robbie Zacharias. For your copy of this message, call us at 1-800-448-6766 and ask for the Muskoka Q&A. That's 1-800-448-6766. You can also order online at rzim.org. And while you're there, browse our other CDs, books, and many free resources. That address again is rzim.org. Also, you can write to us at rzim, post office box 921939, Norcross, Georgia 300 300- one, zero. Just Thinking is a listener-supported radio presentation of Robbie Zacharias International Ministries. Join us tomorrow for more questions and answers from the Muskoka Baptist Conference. Until then, keep thinking.